Maurice and I would like to take a little time to thank Robert Rogers and all the folks at Parks Motor Sales for sponsoring the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast. When you need special treatment during your next new or pre-owned vehicle purchase, visit Parks Motor Sales at 919 Nashville Highway in Columbia or visit them online at parksmotorsales.com. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Hey, welcome back in to segment five of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Maurice Patton, along with intern two, Lawson Smith. Chris Yao pushing the buttons, running the controls, and trying to get Chris Lee on the line because we got involved with some off-air conversations and neglected to do so, but I do believe we have Mr. Lee. Chris, are you with us? I I really wish that folks could hear our off-air conversations because they are are fun. There's uh, a reason they're (laughs) off-air. Exactly. That being said, we we did get Chris on the line, and Chris Lee of Andysports.com joins us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, good morning, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> is it is it a good morning for some? Oh, you know, it's probably a little better in Starkville than in Nashville this morning. But, you know, it, it was a great season for both teams. Uh, you know, the, the one that I have primarily covered just, frankly, I thought ran out of gas. There's no shame in losing a national title series. Uh, you know, I, I know that's a disappointment basically for the fan base right now, but that's also a quite a statement of, of, of where this program is. Exactly. You know, the fact that you are disappointed at finishing number two in the country um, is a – that's a disappointment that, quite frankly, Vanderbilt fans don't get to feel very often. So, um, kudos even in that to Tim Corbin and to the Commodores. I mean, Chris, something has felt off about this team, just to be blunt, from the final weekend of the regular season forward? It really has, and, and I noticed it. And, and look, some of it, the fans, they're just so used to this standard that's been set so high that they panic at any notion of something looking amiss. And some of that's just baseball, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Exhibit A, the, the team that beat them last night and looked flawless in doing it, lost two out of three to Missouri uh, in the next to last weekend of the regular season. By the way, that was at home. And, and by the way, that Missouri baseball team this year um, was was one of the worst that I've ever seen in the league. They were run so, 35 days ago by Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> there's, there's an up and down to baseball that, that just is. For all those reasons that you that we just outlined, and for that reason, I, I was not 
you know, where everybody else was hitting the panic button, I was saying, hey, hold on here a minute, right? Um, but, but at the same time, I, I did see it. It was the ascribing meaning to it that, that you just didn't know what to do with. But look, it, it, it didn't make sense because I remember the Stanford game, and I looked in that dugout from TV, and I'm just like, this, this team is gassed. This is where it ends. And lo and behold, in seven pitches, they advanced to, hmm. um, you know, they advance on and eventually get here. And we can talk about the NC State thing and, and everything. But look, they got here. They did what was in front of them and they got here. And the signs there, I just kept thinking, well, I, I would have thought it would have cracked by now and it didn't. And oh, by the way, you got rocker and lighter and, and two stud relievers, and sometimes that's enough. And and, and guys, it, it, it darn near was. It just it all fell apart those last two games. Um, I thought they looked exhausted and, and not ready for the moment. Again, that's not to pass judgment on them. It just was what it was. But uh, you know, look, hats off to them for making it this far. It was a great season, despite of the way that it ended, but. It, at the end, experience matters. Having been through the grind, I think, matters. And you saw one team that was equipped for it and one team that was not. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Chris Lee of VandySports.com. Um, Chris, I think everything you've said was, was spot on. I, I think they looked – you know, your 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 characterization was exhausted – my characterization was disengaged, maybe. Um, I mean, just some of the mistakes that they made were not characteristic of what you expect out of a typical Vanderbilt team. I mean, they made, what, 12 errors in the College World Series? And yeah. traditionally, Vanderbilt is one of the the cleaner playing teams that you'll ever come across. And I, I think that was you know, kind of exhibit A, even more so than the offense that last night got no hit for seven and a third innings and was hitting 198 coming into that game in Omaha. But, you know, the pitching was basically what carried them to this point, and specifically, like you said, rocker and lighter because everybody else was pedestrian, and you can't necessarily afford to be pedestrian in Omaha. Yeah, I think, look, <laughs> it, it's exhausting covering a postseason run just as a writer. <laughs> um, now, let, let's throw on top of that, these are kids that have to go and do it physically. Oh, by the way, that starts, uh, well, it restarts in mid-January, but also goes to fall. They, they do summer ball, although they didn't last year. You throw in a pandemic and the stops and the starts and the the issues that causes with conditioning and everything else. And, and oh, by the way, there were four arms that they should have had pitching in Omaha that you didn't see because injuries took their toll. Um, we have wondered why Enrique Bradfield Jr. was not running out there. You had to suspect something was off with him. Sure enough, Tim Corbin had been asked, and I don't judge him for this, but all along, we asked him about Bradfield. He's fine. He's fine. Well, last night, he finally admits he's been a little banged up, which wasn't hard to figure, given that he had run with reckless abandon all year and didn't, didn't run at all in Omaha. Mm-hmm. So, 
There's that. You got a shortstop in Carter Young, who had been phenomenal all year, just one of the best I've ever seen in the SEC at fielding his position. And Chris, he looked awful in Omaha. He looked awful in Omaha, and sure enough, he's having shoulder surgery. But and um, and, and I got I, I got to stop you here because two things. I love that Tim Corbin wants to protect his kids. But when you're telling me after the fact that this is going on with Bradfield and this is going on with Young and this and this, I don't want to take it as an excuse, but I can understand where somebody would. It's context. Look, and and I talked about the forums are missing. There's a lot of teams that are missing arms. I mean, guys, Georgia lost basically its entire rotation. Mm Mm-hmm. They never had some of the kids this year. Ryan Webb got hurt. I mean, arms are getting increasingly tough to protect. And you throw in all the stuff that happened with COVID, with conditioning, that threw another layer on top. of it. So, look, everybody's dealing with this stuff, right? Um, I'm sure Mississippi State somewhere was missing a pitcher or two that it could have had. Tennessee was missing – the guy that I think in Jackson Lee that thought would be its Friday night ace. So this does not come in a vacuum. Right. But my goodness, I've, I've never seen a Vanderbilt team that had this many guys beat up, banged up, out, whatever. And, and I want to say probably by a factor of three, if not four, compared to whatever the next most beat up team he's ever had. Um you had guys playing less than 100%, as we said. You had Tate Colwick, who was their everyday second baseman, until he hurts his hand twice and isn't anymore. Um, he just had all sorts of stuff going on. Basically, Bradfield and Nolan were the two guys that stayed in the lineup start to finish. We find out later Bradfield was hurt. I think literally every position on the field but center rotated at some point. Uh, and then sometimes that was really, really briefly for a game or two. But the point is, there wasn't a position on the field that was not affected. Um, and and look, you can call it excuses, you can call it whatever. Mississippi State was going to win that series if they played it again. Take nothing away from them. And I think it says a lot about their coach, Chris Lamonis, that they were peaking when they did. But it's not an honest discussion if you can't mention what happened on the Vandy end, and I don't think that was insignificant. And despite all that, they're one win away from a national championship, and I think you have to recognize that. And and that's what it made it so confusing. You're sitting there going, you can name all the reasons they shouldn't be here, but at the end they were, and after Monday night they needed one more to go. They were the Vegas favorite. It just didn't happen. Um it really was a pretty remarkable and interesting story. Well, all I know is should have taken out lighter on Monday and pitched him again on Tuesday. <laughs> I keep saying that. Nobody wanted to listen. I'm kidding. Yeah, well, uh, uh, had you done that, it keeps you from pitching a kid who should be, you know, returning his prom tux and, and getting ready for yeah. – the summer before his freshman year, and you could have thrown Little, you could have thrown him the second to the seventh you know, inning you know, on Monday night. Chris, how much do you expect Christian Little to grow 
from his experiences in the CWS? Oh, I think he has to. Um, you know, and, and players that don't generally don't stick around there. Um, that that kid is really talented, guys. Really, really talented. Um, emotionally, he's not there. He wasn't prepared for this. I don't know how he could have been. Um, I think if that kid is, is able to mature and learn from it and, and put aside the frustrations, like when you're a highly competitive kid, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to set that aside. How many times do we see, you know, guys at the major league level strike out and then you catch a glimpse of a corner of the camera where he's, you know, destroying equipment in, in the tunnel. Um, baseball is a tough game. It's a game of precision. It's a game where you got to manage your emotions. It's hard for those guys. I think it's really got to be hard for a 17-year-old with all that pressure on him and you throw in school and all the stuff that comes with being with Vanderbilt. Um, you know, I, I think it's a learning experience. I think he's probably going to be the next great one that they've got. And, and, man, I'm very interested to see what that development is going to look like because the stuff is there. No doubt. I think Christian Little is, is definitely the future uh... – star of that pitching staff uh for sure uh chris McElvain, outside of his the, the two home runs were tough and the first one the solo shot was a really good pitch that the kid just went down to a knee and hit out but uh he he's certainly going to be a, a big part of that rotation uh if if not a starter definitely in that bullpen so that that's a kid we like to talk about a lot because again he did he played here locally at at summit and that sort of thing so um i'll I'll be interested to see how this pitching staff stacks up for the future i mean obviously you're losing the two superstars who's next but it seems like tim corbin always has somebody in the pipeline yeah the, the interesting thing is they always have talent um but there's a lot of talented pitchers a lot of plays a lot of places. Um, Florida will be the, the big example. Florida's got major league pitching talent on that roster, but none of those guys, well, I shouldn't say none. As many as I think we thought would have stepped up didn't this year, that's going to be Vandy's challenge. they got a lot of great arms. We've talked about Little. Patrick Riley is one of those for sure. Um, you'll have some freshmen who come in. You'll have some kids who weren't factors this year that I'm sure will step up. But, you know, the the bar's been set pretty high. You look at the kids in the majors. You look at the two that are going to get drafted in the top ten. Uh, do they have another arm like that? Little could be one. Will he be it next year? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see um, how they take all this talent and how many of those guys take that next step up to, to where Vanderbilt's got those elite arms like it normally has. And frankly, you, you probably don't have anybody that's been there and done that will be on that roster next year unless maybe it's Nick Maldonado and he's a draft eligible sophomore and we'll see what the pros think of him. The fastball below isn't, isn't there like some other guys, but that, that cutter slider, whatever it is, sure is nasty. So it's going to be interesting. They've, they've got a lot of talented arms, uh, but I've seen a lot of seasons where they will go into with more proven arms than they're going to have next year. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Chris Lee of VandySports.com. Chris, I'm, I'm reminded as we discuss, you know, Vanderbilt baseball of, of a comment once made by Arkansas men's basketball coach Nolan Richardson that 
you know, the thing about creating the monster is you have to feed the monster. I mean, as you mentioned a little bit ago, the bar has been raised significantly for Vanderbilt baseball over the past few years, you know, having won two national championships now in the past seven years. Um, So this type talk, you know, this type disappointment at finishing second, you know, comes with the territory when you've done what they've done. And let's go a step further. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he used to cover the team. And I, I, I wish I could remember how he phrased it, but the, the saying, basically what he said was, these kids are getting the downside of being in Vanderbilt without reaping the benefits. Me- meaning <laughs> that when you've got that jersey on, Mm-hmm. It carries with it a certain expectation, and I, I'm not I'm not throwing stones at any of your guys, but I've been on a few talk shows where, you know, the, the question was, well, doesn't Vanderbilt have an advantage in this because of the been there and done this? And, and, and I've said, well, okay, hmm. you have a, a program culture where maybe that permeates, and a guy in Kumar Rocker who could maybe lead by example, but that doesn't change the fact that none of these guys who were in their lineup. We're, we're regulars in, in 2019. Right. They're, they're all going through it new, and then you add the injuries to it, right? But the expectation for everybody is you're Vanderbilt and you win. And you've got kids that are, I think, carrying around that weight. It seemed like it was palpable in the finals at times, but they don't have the pedigree themselves of having been through all the wars. I don't think you can replace that. And you look on the other dugout where you've got Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan, all those guys who've been in Omaha three of the possible three years that they could be there. Um, I think that thing matters. I think in spite of it, they carried around, as my buddy said, kind of the burden of being Vanderbilt uh, without it being really fair because they hadn't been there. And again, they're they're very talented, and I get all those things. And and then, Mo, you add on top of that – they they get vilified for the NC State thing, which they had nothing to do with. Um, no state shouts the unfair scholarship advantage um, louder than the state of Mississippi, and no fan base has been you know more fully throated about it than, than the one they faced. And, and all of a sudden, you go to Omaha, and the place is overrun with their fans too. It just boy, it, it was a lot to bear. And I think it says a lot about the culture that Tim Corbin has created that they're able to get this far underneath all that. Well said. Absolutely. Chris Lee, VandySports.com, on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. One quick question before we get you out of here. Chris, uh, the name image likeness is is official today. You can get paid to use your name image and likeness if you're a college athlete. If uh, – if you could, if you could have somebody that you could represent right now, Chris, who who would who would be the company that you would be endorsed by? Are, are you current? Are you talking about current or right, any, all time? Right now, who would you right be endorsed now, by? At Vanderbilt. <laughs> right now, uh, it's, it's the guys that make those melatonin tablets because I need a half <laughs> one of those every night uh, to, to get to sleep after these late nights. Uh, those those things work. Those things work some wonders. Uh, <laughs> So that would probably be it. And 
probably there's a few kids on the team that might say the same. <laughs> probably so, man. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Chris Lee of VandySports.com uh, on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. And we are getting ready to talk a little bit more about that name image likeness situation on the other side of a break. So stick around with the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back right after this. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast brought to you by Parks Motor Sales. Don't forget to listen each day live 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM 1017 FM in Columbia. Also visit our website sm-tnsports.com for more local sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee.